baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Amy is out today. She's back next week in the year 2024. I'm Chris Ranji. Uh, has anybody said to you yet, hey, see you next year? No. Have you gotten that one yet? I would not enjoy that. If anybody does say it to you, um, you have the right to delete their number from your phone. What if they say it to me in person? Can I delete them from my life? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do not say to someone, who see you next year. <laughs> it's it's not a good one. I hope I never see you again. Oh, also, I need to, uh, I need to apologize to Amy Marks Corps. Because I accused her yesterday of ignoring my Merry Christmas text message. I sent her a Merry Christmas text. Did, did this happen during the, the hour after I was gone? No, no, no. It happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when I accused her of it yeah. on the air with Hancock and Kelly yesterday. Um, I said that she ignored my Merry Christmas text on Christmas Day. Turns out she didn't get it. Or she lied to me. What do you mean? Or didn't she, get it? I always feel like that it didn't go through. It, this has been you. You weren't in. Uh, it, it, this probably didn't happen as much when you were in high school and college. But it used to be uh, the constant excuse was you know if you if you hadn't done something or hadn't responded to something, it'd just be like, oh I didn't get that email. Yeah. People get their emails. Yeah. So I think so. You think she's lying? Yes. Because she sent me. We were on the show yesterday, and she sent a text about a story, and I responded today with I I ignored it. And I responded today with, I'm sorry, but I will not be responding to any of your messages until you acknowledge my Merry Christmas text from three days ago. And she said in all caps, I never got a Merry Christmas text and then sent me a bunch of screenshots. I think she deleted them. Yeah. And then sent me the screenshot. Maybe if her phone was off or something and, and somehow then it just, when she turned it back on, it never got delivered. But in my experience, messages yeah. normally find the place they're supposed to go. Speaking of your conversation with I uh, rescind, Hancock... I rescind my apologies. Yes, you should. Speaking of your conversation with Hancock and Kelly uh, yesterday from, from 1 to 2, I mean, this isn't really recapping our show, I guess, but it's recapping we'll something that it. happened here, and we always like to tell people about things that they can go back and listen to on the uh, free Odyssey, Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, as Chris so frequently reminds us. I really l- enjoyed, in the first segment, uh, the three of you did yesterday, the conversation about... Uh, Mr. Hancock's experiences doing PR for uh, Ronald McDonald. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I That was the funniest story that Ronald McDonald, uh, when he was doing PR for them, went to an, a, a thing on the station. Um, it was Magic 108. And Ronald McDonald came in for the appearance, the interview or whatever, and then left and then hit one of the DJ's cars on the way out. Yeah, and John Hancock doing his voice was oh. great. Uh, yeah. the, the story he told before that about not having, oh. a, uh, not having a parking spot at the VP parade so for Ronald funny. McDonald and him having to walk multiple miles in the big red shoes. And, and he, said to, so he said to John, you know, have you ever thought about how hard it is? You know, do you know how hard it is to walk in these shoes? And John's like, well, I hadn't given it much thought. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. 
That's sto- the story of the car and Ronald McDonald hitting it and the DJ saying, uh, Ronald, uh, on the way out, he hit my car. And, and John says... No, because we don't let, when Ronald's doing an appearance, we don't let him drive. He says he saw the yellow gloves. I saw his yellow gloves. (laughs) (laughs) Worth downloading the Odyssey app for that segment alone. Oh, yeah, please go back and get it. It's so funny. It's right off the top. It's like the first thing we talked about, I think, uh, yesterday in the 1 o'clock hour. And you can go back and listen to our show as well. So we, we started off the show talking about Nikki Haley and being unable to answer the question well about the Civil War. She was in a town hall yesterday. And a a voter who was there stood up and said, you know, what started the Civil War or why was the Civil War fought? And she was unable to or unwilling to say that it had anything to do with slavery. So she's taken quite a bit of a beating today. Even Ron DeSantis and his campaign team tweeted out a, a video of that exchange with the word yikes above it. So people are taking advantage of the situation. We talked to Major Garrett, uh, chief Washington correspondent for CBS News. You know, as governor of South Carolina, she doesn't not know the answer. That's not the issue. It's not like who's the leader of this country or do you know this particular geography or do you remember this thing about the set of that war in motion 60 years ago that is somewhat distant? It's not that she doesn't know the answer. That's not the question. Everyone knows she knows what the answer is. The question is, why was she hesitant? And what does that tell you about not only her set of political calculations, but what she might be fearful an audience would be willing to listen to? And I think that's why it's gained so much interest and attention. And I think he's right. That's what we talked about off the top, is that it's it's not about her answer. It's that it's the reasons why she answered it the way she did. It's that she's afraid of a large chunk of the electorate would be upset with her if she acknowledges that slavery was part of the Civil War and the reason for it, which that's that's an undeniable fact. I don't really, I don't understand why there are so many people and maybe there aren't. Maybe she's overestimating how many people would be upset if she acknowledged that. Maybe there aren't that many. But the fact that she feels like there are, I think in itself is a problem. We can't, acknowledge the Civil War was fought in large part because of slavery? Why can't we say that 200 years later? Something we didn't talk about at the time, by the way, when, when you mentioned even Ron DeSantis had had, had posted yikes, not him pers- his personal account, but, his, but their rapid response campaign. account yeah. ha- had posted that. Are we confident Ron DeSantis would have answered that question differently? I mean, this is Ron DeSantis, who's the governor of Florida, where the Board of Education approved new rules requiring teachers to tell students that there were upsides to being enslaved. Well, Ron DeSantis a little, said that the authors, yeah. quote, did a good job and that it was reasonable to, quote, show that some of the folks eventually parlayed, you know, being a blacksmith into doing things later in life. I mean, Ron DeSantis has, has essentially said... Slavery wasn't all that bad. Some people worked, at, you know, it worked out pretty good for them. And yeah. he's going to say that he would point to it as the as the definitive cause of the Civil War. I well, no, I, he's a, he's opportunistic in that way, where he's going to use it despite the hypocrisy of it. Does he I, think no def- one will ask him at a future town hall now and see what he has to say? I well, hope his team is preparing him because that question's I, coming. I, maybe he knows that he's on the way out as a candidate, Which, and that it doesn't did matter. Did you see that? Oh, well, this is getting away from the recap, but did you see that coming? 
that that he would struggle to this degree to even retain relevance? I thought many, many months ago when we had discussions in this room um, about his candidacy, and there were people who said, oh, he's going to be a strong candidate. He is um, he's their best chance of winning instead of Trump. And I was very skeptical of that idea because I don't think he has. He, With his people in Florida and with his base of voters, sure, he might be popular, but I don't think he has national widespread appeal. And I thought he was very awkward, and that's all played out. Yeah, he's so, much less charismatic than I think people realized oh, a year ago. And I, and I was telling people, like, are you sure about this? Kind of an odd guy. There are people in this room who said, "No, he he would if if he's the nominee, he will beat Biden easily." I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. He was really cooking I in his particular off. lane at a, at a certain point yeah. in time, and and as he's trying to expand beyond that lane, it just has not gone that way. I think he turns off a lot of people, mm-hmm. and that's that's proving to be true. And I actually like Nikki Haley. She's certainly not my favorite candidate. Of everybody who could be president uh, in 2024, but I, I think, I think she's reasonable when she gives answers. And I could have until yesterday. Yesterday was not good. You, yeah, I was going to say, considering the context around her being brought up today, because if not for those comments, we probably would not have discussed Nikki Haley on no. this show today. You have, you have been surprisingly. I wouldn't say defensive of her because you're not defending those comments, obviously. But you have been surprisingly positive in your overall picture of Nikki Haley today. I don't think I'd vote for her, but I could live with her being president, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected you to to have is, as much positivity yeah. as you do about her. Not to say it's overwhelming, but just that there uh, there is a significant amount there. And that, so. That's just my feeling on her, and I, I get that's not the end all, but I, I could be comfortable with her. Because, when she answers questions, for example about abortion in that first debate she did the first uh, republican primary debate the way she answered the question was essentially um though i don't agree with her on abortion altogether she essentially gave me the sense that she was willing to concede that that every situation is different and that we shouldn't be making decisions for women because you don't know what they're going through in the moment you don't know what they're dealing with, what health issues, and that we shouldn't be telling a woman she can or can't do it. Um, I I don't know. I, I thought she was more reasonable about that. For do you example, think, therefore, and she's reasonable about foreign policy stuff. Do you think, therefore, that she's the kind of candidate who, if she could somehow get through the labyrinth of extremism that has become the Republican primaries? that she should be a candidate who would scare Democrats at least a little bit in a general election where maybe her ability to appeal to some moderates, some especially to moderate Honestly, suburban women who are a concern post the overturn of Roe v. Wade and, and, and abortion there's, legislation. Listen, there's so much polling out there, and it, and it fluctuates all the time. And you can find a poll that supports whatever you want. But there is polling out there to suggest that she would do well in a, in a general against Biden. So, yeah, I think she could win. She might have a better chance of winning than than Trump does. Because what you're so. talking about, it, it just says to me, if, if you're thinking she has the ability to reach into the middle a little bit, she comes off a little bit more moderate, those things sound like maybe demerits to her candidacy for, in, to the extent of actually trying to win within the primary, but maybe something that would become more of a benefit 
uh, as time goes on if she were to become the nominee. Here's a texter uh, to 314-436-7900. says, uh, Haley didn't do anything that Biden or his press secretary don't do every day. Ignore a question somewhat or lie directly to us. That's from Steve. And yeah, I, I will I agree with you. I guess that's sort of true. Yeah, well, it's yeah. just not what we're talking about. No, I, I, that's a little whataboutism. Yeah. This is a very obvious question and a very obvious answer, and she fumbled it. And we were criticizing her for, this, for the specific content of her answer, not for the fact that it didn't address the question directly. I don't really care how whether she answers the question or not. Just in this circumstance, part of your answer has to be, yes, slavery was part of it. That's yeah. all. It's such an obvious question. I, I So we're not criticizing her for dodging. We're criticizing her for her the inadequacy of the substance of her answer. Well, I, well, that now we're get that's that's uh, that's two in the weeds, I think. But what we're the the point is, yes, press secretaries, Biden's press secretary misleads a lot, and and he doesn't always answer questions directly. But that's also true of a lot of politicians, I would say. But this is the civil war which has been settled, and slavery, which has been settled, and it is an easy, easy answer. This is not an ongoing, current political situation. So that's that's why her answer was so striking yesterday. We also talked some Cardinals because the offseason is right here, and 2024 is coming up. Can they compete next year as is? I think they've done the heavy lifting already with the pitching. I don't think they're equipped to go on a World Series run right now, but I think they're equipped to go on a uh, division winning run. Now, let's we still have to wait. I, I still think the Cubs are going to do something more. You don't go spend that money on Craig Council and then just do nothing of significance in the offseason. So it, it's somewhat dependent upon what other teams are doing. I think the Brewers are going to take a step back. I think the Reds are a very scary team with that young talent that they have. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think they have done enough to be competitive in the division. That is Matt Pauley, host of Sports Open Line tonight at 6 o'clock, 6 till 8. It is the countdown to opening day. It'll be him and Mike Claiborne. They will talk everything Cardinals. So plenty of Cardinals coverage. We'll be right here on KMOX um, later on this evening. And like we talked about, it's the only place that you're going to get Cardinals coverage live after 6 o'clock in this city. And it's the best anyway. We'll give you the best coverage. We're the home of the Cardinals, baby. How can we not give you the best coverage? And you can listen to that coverage and the games themselves with the Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y, where you can listen to the Chris and Amy show, Dave Glover, Total Information, AM and PM. Everything is on the Odyssey app, including the podcasts, if you missed any of the shows throughout the day. For you to visit with us, it's very simple, 314-436-7900. And we got a text from our guy, Andy Candy, Andy Carranza from uh, Crown Candy. And he says, you know, Chris, if you had an iPhone... I'm sure Amy would get all of your texts promptly. Not Team Amy slash iPhone. Not a bad point. Listen, I don't need this from Andy. It might Andy. be on I you. do not need this. I do not need this Android shaming from Andy Candy. Well, but we were shaming Amy, and that's you. You got me to help you shame Amy, and I didn't have all the facts. I didn't realize that you might have been been bearing, holding some culpability here. I didn't lie. No, you didn't, but you misled, much like those Democratic press secretaries. The texture was on to something. I didn't lie about it.
Mm. And I didn't mislead. Mm. You omitted. I didn't omit. You did. All right. <laughs> I, I admit that I omitted. That's Nate Gatter. I'm Chris Ranji. This is KMOX. It's Nate Gatter and Chris Ranji today on KMOX. Oh, man. This has been a fun day. I think, anyway, we're, we're getting ready for a, a new year. And Nate has already come up with his resolutions because he, he loves it when the calendar flips. Because this is, this it, is your thing today. This is like the third time that you, you are saying things that I don't actually think. Oh, am I thinking of somebody else? Maybe. We talked all day about resolutions and how you We did talk you a lot have about yours, resolutions yesterday. And you have yours and you can't wait because yes. this is – you said, if I remember correctly and I'm paraphrasing, that when the calendar <laughs> flips – on December 31st to January 1st, that you become a new person. That's exactly what I said, yes. That you're going to hit the gym, you're going to you're gonna uh, be nicer to people, you're going to spend more quality time with family. Are you listing my flaws? Are these, <laughs> things you, are these things you believe I need to improve on? I think that you need to be uh, nicer to your family. Yeah. I think you need to see them more. Yeah, who doesn't? And I think you need um, a hobby. <laughs> my hobby is coming in here talking to you, Ron. Don't you love it? Is this, and you don't have to be on, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, but is this not the best part of your day today? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's been a good three days. I think we've had a good little run here. And then you get tomorrow off. Yep. Charlie's going to be in tomorrow. We got a voicemail that, uh, I, yeah, we're not going to play it. We got a voicemail from um, a lady who says that uh, they can't believe they would hire, <laughs> that KMOX would hire somebody who thinks as highly of myself as I do. And how could you go from somebody like Rush Limbaugh to somebody like this guy? We're in an era of self-esteem. Maybe she doesn't know that. Self-esteem is good. Let me just say this. Um, If you don't love yourself, who will? I absolutely do think more highly of myself than Rush Limbaugh did of himself. For sure. Because Rush Limbaugh was as humble as anybody I've ever heard. On the radio. I don't think there's anybody more more humble than Rush Limbaugh, to be honest. You're doing this thing. And this was, we got a, 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 didn't a texter, was it yesterday or Tuesday when a texter was complaining? Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. About your sarcasm. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was what do you mean? I don't get, I don't, what are you saying? What are you saying? I don't the, get it. A, a texture would say you would get very deep into the sarcasm. To the, to the point where it would go a whole segment and it would become difficult to discern what Ranji's actual opinion was if you had tuned in in the middle of the segment. I don't believe that for a second. Well, I'm not saying you have to agree with it. I'm saying that there believe- was a texter who said that. No. I'm not even saying it's my opinion. Not on this show. There was. I was here. No way that would ever happen. Oh, it's the it's the Gaslight Nate <laughs> segment <laughs> on on Chris and Amy. This is what I get. I come in here. I give my time. I give of myself to you. <laughs> Why would KMOX go from somebody like Rush Limbaugh to a guy who thinks highly of himself like Chris Ranji? <laughs> it's such a funny, 
funny idea. I love that lady, and I hope she sends us more voicemail. At the very least, I hope she tunes in tomorrow because she she mentioned Charlie Charlie's Brennan also tomorrow. in the same breath as yeah, Rush Limbaugh. So I think she was a Charlie Brennan fan, and who isn't? And he will be back tomorrow. We were talking about greedflation earlier, which I think is a, a big problem in, in Fortune magazine doing a piece on it following a study that said companies around the world, including the United States, uh, took advantage of inflation and charged more than they needed to. Um, March 2020, and this is a text message from a 573 area code. March 2020, I bought a wooden workbench for 65 bucks from a place in town. During the pandemic, they raised the price to just shy of 140. So they more than doubled the price of this item. The price is still there. And they blamed it on so, 9% inflation. And they blamed it on 9% inflation. Ridiculous. So that is, I when we had the conversation earlier, we can't do anything about it except collectively stop buying stuff, which isn't good for the economy. So we're kind of trapped here. But what I want people to do is just acknowledge that maybe the reason a lot of things are way more expensive than they should be is not because of inflation, that it's because of companies taking advantage of knowing you're still going to pay for it. And that's what's going on with everything, with groceries, with gas. If, hey, if we stop buying the stuff, then the prices would come down. And I say this a lot when it comes to sports, and I'll reiterate this point. People tend to be upset with players' salaries, and they identify that as the reason ticket prices are so expensive. Right. That they're so high. That's not why they're high. Ticket prices are high because teams have figured out that they can push it and you're still going to buy them. So, and also, I mean, in the case of, say, Major League Baseball in particular, which is where this would come up in the St. Most Louis. Because there's no salary cap. Uh, the Cardinals, no matter, they're making a lot of money off ticket sales. Mm-hmm. They're not making nearly enough to pay for the big contracts they're handing out. That's coming from television money and it's coming from the, the, Deals they have both on a regional level and that Major League Baseball has on a national level. The, 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 a 10% increase in ticket sales is not paying for a $300 million it, contract. It helps, I guess. It, it, no, Major it, League it, Soccer it is the does. only one here. I think, I think Major League Soccer, St. Does. Louis City, is the only team right now whose ticket sales and generally the price they can command on their tickets mm-hmm. is so large relative to their payroll that, that it's a significant part of their revenue stream. But the point is, if you want ticket prices to come down, it doesn't matter if the team's payroll is $10, still going to charge you 100 bucks. You know why? Because people are paying 100 bucks to go watch. Here's the real That's secret. Why. If you're in St. Louis, just buy them on StubHub on the day of the game. It costs 20% as much. That's Nate Gatter. I'm Chris Ranji. Or Cardinals.com. It's KMOX. Yes, what I meant is Cardinals.com. 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 Hancock and Kelly are coming up with Kevin Wheeler. It's all three of them today. That show starts at 1 o'clock. I'll be hanging out for the 1 o'clock hour. And we uh, certainly appreciate you being part of our day today. And we thank you for making um, the Chris and Amy show part of your day every day. We expect you to be listening from 10 to 1. That's your homework. Uh, Nate Gatter is sitting in for Amy Marks. Cores. we've covered so much stuff today. We were just talking about uh, price gouging and the idea of greedflation in companies, stores charging more than they need to charge. And uh, Christy in St. Clair wants to talk to us. What's going on, Christy? Hi there. Hi. Um, So I couldn't agree with you more. Um, 
I think, you know, the prices, they raised prices and said that it was because of the supply chain had a COVID effect. And so they raised our prices. But, you know, I go to places like Home Depot and Lowe's. I just put a huge porch on my house. Lumber, a two-by-four, you know, you know, the cost four now cost $10. Uh, a can of paint that used to cost $5 now costs $10. And we're never going to see that price come back down, even though the, there's no problem with the supply chain any longer. But the only winners here are these huge retailers uh, who refuse to – they certainly aren't going to bring their prices back down, but we're going to have to continue to pay for these – items that they sell because we need them so we're the ones that are getting screwed but the the retailers are oh uh, christy let me ask you this have you changed your buying habits at all well i look real hard for a can of paint that costs less okay than their than their inflated price and um yeah i just shop around and and make sure that i'm not missing somebody else's uh, price that is much less than the uh, the, the quick the quick trip uh, that you're going to you know pick up something um, yeah I'm buying things that aren't my normal brand okay so even at the grocery store you do the same thing oh sure sure yeah. sure sure yeah. so you know you're going to buy the items that aren't name brand and some of the things of course you're going to buy name brand uh, because you know you really think you can tell a quality difference but yeah well, Christy, we appreciate the phone call. Have a have a great New Year. We um, thank you for for being part of this discussion. And yeah, I the prices will come down if people stop buying the goods. But the issue is, people are buying the goods. It's still being bought, even if it's not, even if not everybody can afford it, or it's not the same types of people. There's the same income brackets of people who used to be able to buy things. Somebody's buying them. They're not being left on the shelves. And what that does is indicate to the stores, to the manufacturers, to the suppliers that, hey, well, we can just keep charging it. I think Christy was right on on a couple of points. Um, one of them being that, you know, she has to shop around more, that it's not as quick a trip. And that is the downside. And I think that's why some people are willing to stomach it, even if what inflation and supply chain issues really mean is that the can of paint should have gone from $5 to five fifty or $5 to $6. They're willing to stomach those extra three or four dollars because they don't want to spend the time to search around online or to drive to other retailers or even to look around in other aisles within the same store. They're in a hurry. They feel like their time is valuable. And I can understand that if you're somebody who, you know, works from home and is doing this stealing away in a half hour and and is doing this in the middle of the day and you feel like it's going to hurt your performance at work if you're gone another half hour or another hour making this trip and and you make enough money that you think that time at work is worth it more than an extra four or five dollars on a can of paint that's an individual calculation but absolutely the sacrifice that that we're asking for at minimum here is that people spend more time in order to be more discerning the other thing is she said of course the only winners here are the large retailers i think i would go even a little bit further than that and say the only winners are the relatively high-ranking executives and ultimately the very top people 
at those retailers oh, yeah, who are getting the, big yeah, bonuses yeah, 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 yeah. and seeing it, big returns on their stock options because the employees, the average not store employees, no. even the managers at Lowe's and Home Depot are not seeing some great windfall because these prices are doubled. The CEOs are seeing gigantic bonuses and the major shareholders are maybe seeing a return because the profits are so significant. But it's really a very small collection of actual individuals who realize any individualized profit from the retailer making a lot more money. They uh, look the inflation that was going on and has cooled significantly was a driver of price increases. Um, supply chain after COVID absolutely also was a driver of price increases. We're talking about the degree to which prices increased, and. Yeah, and how long go, those increases and how have long they last? I think right. I could understand if a certain retailer, for instance, lumber, like Christie was talking about, if lumber had spiked for a period of time, if it had doubled in price in the immediate aftermath, or as the effects of COVID were the strongest during 2020, if there really was that much scarcity. But when there is no apparent scarcity, when they aren't running out of things, and still the prices are that high, I think that that to me is an indicator of gouging. No, there's, I don't think there's any question about it. We just, again, just be more mindful of it. And when you are angry about it, just know where to direct your your anger. I know that you've been following the story this morning about the uh, house at the University of Idaho where the four students were stabbed to death and they had caught the offender a long time ago. And The alleged. Uh, the alleged offender. Yeah, we need to say alleged offender. So today was, this is a really interesting legal uh, story to me. They began early this morning and even earlier than was expected. It was something like 7 o'clock local time. They expected to begin demolishing that house, which now is owned by the university. The previous landowner donated that house to the university to do with it whatever they wish to do. They wanted to tear down that house, and they started um, ahead of schedule tearing it down today. Some of the family members of the victims did not want the house to be torn down yet. The university did. They say that it is a reminder of what happened. It is in full view of many areas of campus, and they wanted the community and the students and everybody there to be able to move ahead and heal, and tearing it down was a step in the right direction. And to that point, they're not planning to try to erase it completely. Their goal is not, let's see if we can forget this thing ever happened. They said the the plan at this point, the university intends to create a memorial garden on that site that would honor the four students who were killed. It's just the site of the house. In fact, it said that that there were landscape design and architecture students who had been uh, set to draft concepts for the garden this past fall. So it could be sort of a rewarding thing and a way to transform this space and maybe lessen the acute pain that the community would feel as a result of the of the event while still maintaining the memory and, and keeping that present. It's just they alive. don't want people to look at the house anymore. Right. The, house, the house is a pain. It's, it's not it's, especially it's a pretty diffi- house either. No, and, and it's difficult to walk by it or to live by it or to sure. see it and know what happened there. So, yeah, that's that's clear. What is the fascinating legal argument here is the prosecution in this case – against Brian Kohlberger, who was the um, alleged uh, uh, perpetrator of all this, they say that there was no use to them any longer of the, for that house. That anything that 
that they have gained from the House is already uh, a part of their investigation. There's nothing more they could get. And the defense team has also allowed access to the House. Yes. So what the families are arguing is, what if this trial starts? And there is not a trial date even set for this thing yet. What if the trial starts and they have the jury and they want to take the jury through the House just to kind of let them see the layout? That what if they want to do that? Now they can't. The prosecution did not object to the, de- the demolition of the House, which is still ongoing. Nor has the defense. And the defense hasn't either. But the counter argument, which I have heard, which is an interesting argument, and, and as soon as I, I had heard that, oh, well, the, um, the prosecution didn't object to it, so it's fine, I thought, okay, well, then that's the end of that. I heard a counter argument to that, which is just because a walkthrough of a house, which has been altered in such a way since the investigation or since the, the actual murder happened, you know, they've already had hazmat teams come through. Maybe some things are not in the same place they used to be, so it doesn't look like it looked on the day of the crime. So it may not be of use and may not be admissible in court. The counter argument to that, I've heard, is that that is a point that apparently can be argued against in court, where you can say, look, these people who are in the jury need to see the layout of the house and the structure of the house is still intact. They need to be able to see how did he get in? How quickly could he have done this? Because what the defense is going to argue is that, you know, this one person couldn't have gotten in at this time and gone all the way upstairs and gotten through this back exit. And it didn't make sense. Right. But the nature of our adversarial system is such that if neither side is inclined to make that argument, then it doesn't matter if it could be made. So that's what I, I immediately dismissed it. As well, the prosecution, the defense, both of them said, go ahead and tear the thing down. It doesn't matter to uh, to the trial anymore. I still see where the other side is coming from, that maybe there could have been some value of the jury walking through a house, which has been altered. You know, so like I said, it's been cleaned. It's not like the crime scene is intact, but you can at least see stairs and structure and whatever, unless they tore down walls, which we don't know. So I think it's a really interesting legal question. Uh, I I struggle to see what I, I if it if the way he moved allegedly through the house and and the defense is saying he couldn't have done that no person could have moved through the house that way I could see how the structure of the house could be relevant to the case I think though in this instance the attorneys involved in particular the prosecutors who mm-hmm. if they expect the defense to make an argument in uh, along those lines would be thinking a lot about how they would counter it i think if neither set of attorneys thinks there's any chance that they could need this house or that the the current structure of the house would be helpful beneficial that it, right. it's it's a non-issue um in my mind because if there was any possibility that this that the the house would be relevant and admissible and that there would be a, a, a path to letting the jury see it and either side thought that would be helpful. They would be making those arguments vehemently right now. And I think a judge at this stage would be pretty inclined to at least hold the demolition until they could get to such a point at, at which the judge felt that, that a, a good decision could be made on whether the jury could be shown and, and in what manner the jury could be shown the house. If there was any question, they would be very cautious about destroying potential evidence. So think. I think there's really, I don't think anybody who is 
ultimately the most familiar with the the case and how it's going to proceed to trial is concerned about this. Right, and it sure seems like this is a slam dunk. I can't imagine anything goes awry, but you still have that little bit of doubt that something weird could happen in the course of the trial. And by the way, Brian Koberger was arrested. Um, it will be a year ago Saturday. And interestingly, so it doesn't look like, based on, I mean, we even saw this earlier. This is not new news, but it doesn't look like he's going to get a change of venue. So it, it looks like his his trial is going to proceed uh, there in the county where the murders happened, which is a little bit surprising to me, yep. considering it is a somewhat small and, and isolated county and that these murders obviously were quite sensational. The fact that they got such nationwide attention sometimes works against change of venue because the idea is there's really nowhere you could put it where people wouldn't already have heard about the case. And I think there's a good chance. I mean, we're talking about it on the radio in St. Louis more than a year after it happened. Um, Yeah, I don't know what they're going to have to hang their hat on. But, uh, of course, we we, uh, have to make sure that he's proven guilty before, uh, before he's sentenced to whatever might be coming his way. Texter says, wouldn't this be tampering with evidence? Well, not if both sides have argued that it's okay. If if both the right. prosecution and defense have said, go ahead and, and move forward with it, then no, it would not be considered that. And it's, it's, Chris- it's possible that it's not at all evidence at this point if the answer is it would no longer be admissible because it's been changed so much right. and all the crime scene evidence has already been bagged and documented and uh, long ago. Uh, I, I think there's a good chance that the house is no longer considered relevant, admissible evidence at this point. It's Chris and Amy show on KMOX. Thanks to our guests today, Major Garrett, a Thursday regular with us. Matt Pauley, also a Thursday regular with us on uh, the Chris and Amy show on KMOX. Nate Gatter for sitting in with me today. Amy Marks Kors is out. I'm Chris Ranji. It is, uh, it's been a, a good day today, I think, and we will... Uh, Try to be good in the next hour when Hancock, Kelly, and Kevin Wheeler are all here, and I'm going to uh, hang out with them for an hour. So we also welcome your text messages always at 314-436-7900. This one says, I am a buyer for a local retailer, and manufacturers aren't reducing our costs, so we can't reduce retail prices. I'm firmly putting it on the manufacturers and the companies that are providing the goods more than anybody else because they're that's it's a good point though that, that maybe they could get la- could get lost because they're not necessarily the brand names the that the average consumer knows yeah it's not necessarily the stores right. that are doing it that is a good point yeah so i, I think it's it's very important to uh, to point that out this texter says we haven't changed our day-to-day shopping however since we are paying more for those items, we have less to spend on home improvements, hobbies, and entertainment. And I would think that that's true for many, many people, that they're just, they're doing the less frivolous stuff. But, you know... I, there but I are, like frivolity. I do too, man. Frivolity is the best. But I don't know that there's any indication that uh, on a larger scale, people are spending less on entertainment... The movie industry just had a fantastic year. Doing shockingly well, the, yes. considering what we were saying about them a couple of years ago and, and, and what you know COVID might or might not do to the yeah. movie industry. Yeah, so I'm sure people are, are cutting back in certain areas, but the reality is things are being bought. Goods are being bought. Entertainment is being bought. And as long as that's happening, the prices will be what they are, you know? I think you're probably about right. Oh, man. Thank you for saying that. 
It, it do it does feel like uh, you you've needed a little bit of affirmation today. You know, just be. It's just nice to hear it from people you care about. Right, and you want to go into the new year on that on that great note because everything's going to be different when you wake up on January first. What are you going to do with your uh, holiday? Uh, nothing interesting. I'm going to watch uh, Missouri hopefully beat Ohio State tomorrow night, which is not the holiday, but it's the holiday weekend. Uh, I have no other uh, really significant plans that I can share on these airwaves. Oh, okay. But we can talk about it. I tell you what, I'm supposed to be back uh, in for Amy like January 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere in there. Where the hell is she going? I don't know. But we can uh, again. We, yes, so I'm going to be back in, Are a, you in a couple of me weeks. With this and lady? Earmark it. You know, put a reminder or something, and I will tell you about. My, how many days are you in? Uh, three? Just one. Just one. Yeah, but she's out for three. I don't know if she's out for three. She was what? out for three this week. I'm saying uh, not this. No, no, no. I, I was saying not the 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's one of those days. I, I let me check. I'll check my calendar. Let's see. This let's see which day it is. Just she's an, only out one day, as far as I know. I'm only filling in one day. What an absolute outrage. Uh, it is January 12th. Uh, 12th. January 12th. I will be in with you, I assume. You know what? She's out Monday, too. She's out there. I I, I know this for a fact. Yeah, that's a Friday. Because we so. have a, um, on that Monday, the 15th, Martin Luther King Day, we have uh, a show from the winter warm-up. Because the Cardinals winter warm-up is going on that weekend. Got so it. I think it's going to be Ackerman and me. Or maybe I'm off. I don't know. But I know Tom Ackerman is hosting starting at 10. So this is a, it's a long run for a you know, short slide kind of question that you gave but me. this lady. But uh, you, you put a reminder in your phone for January 12th. And if you want to ask me about my plans for the holiday weekend that I can't share with you right now, I will share them with you at that time. So the show is on Twitter at ChrisAmyKMOX. I am on Twitter at uh, Chris Ranji, And just got, got a, a message from a, a listener who says... Chris and Amy show more like the Chris and Amy question mark show. Am I right? Because she's never here. And that's a great point, but it's, it's good a for me. Great point. It's good for me. And you know what Amy's doing? She's stimulating the local Nate Gatter economy, the local Nate Gatter economy. And we appreciate it, dude. Nobody cares about your economy. I do. Except for you. And maybe some your lady close to me. Yes. For whom I occasionally purchase things. Does she buy anything for you? Yeah. Are you, or do you insist on a, a daddy's got it? Do you do that? I know that's a thing that, yeah, I know that's a thing do you, you do like that? to do. Uh, I would say I spend, I buy more often when, you know, if we go out to eat or something like that, um, or if we buy tickets to a game, though a lot of times I'm the driving force behind us going to the game in the first no. place. But it, it is not unusual that, that she will pay. I would say it, it's at, at least 25, 30% of the time, and maybe that's selling her short. Okay, she's an attorney though. So, oh, she she's an already. Uh, she's is she uh, is she older? She, she's uh, slightly younger than I am, but she went to law school straight out of undergrad. Oh, so she's smarter I a, than I you. I had a gap. Yes, she's much smarter. Oh, so she graduated before you did. Much before. She is smart. Wow. Yes, man. So, Look at her. So mommy's got it sometimes. Damn. You letting mommy get it. That a boy. Anybody who hasn't heard those discussions in the past is like, what's going on here? I like to go to the store and buy something for somebody to say, hey, daddy's got this. Even if that someone awesome. is a professional colleague. That's correct. I do it all <laughs> the time. Uh, everything you missed on the Odyssey app, go back and get it, baby. KMOX.com as well. Hancock, Kelly, Wheeler, and me coming up at 1 o'clock. 
on KMOX. Texter says Amy's a slacker. That's true. Thank you for that. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 